No, actually, I just got back from my junior prom. Yeah, just went to a wedding. I was taking a 15-year-old to prom. That's what I was doing time. Nice. Very Seinfeld of you. (laughs) Uh, No, you're right. I was doing Omega Fish Corp only minutes ago. Well, not really minutes ago. It was more like two hours ago, and we're probably going to have to redo it because sunset was a lot earlier than what I was expecting. How'd it go with Kenny? Uh, You know what? Kenny was the most on the ball with his lines that I've ever encountered. Because usually with Kenny, I'll say, here's your line. And then Kenny will give a different version of the line. And then eventually, I'll be worn down and say, you know what, Kenny, why don't you just make up your own lines? (laughs) Right. Here's what I'm going to say, Kenny. So why don't you just say something that comes to mind? And I've learned to do it that way. Yeah, something that your character, aka you, would say if you were in that situation, right? More or less. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, no, he was actually more in tune with the, the dialogue. I think he was taking it seriously because the camera was different. The camera was more professional than usual. Oh, it was bigger. Yeah. And man, yeah. I was just thinking tonight, because I did it all on my own, it is twice as hard than doing it with the equipment that we used on Mass State Lottery, which is so much lighter. And it's literally like, okay, time to pick up this camera that's not intended for filmmaking and use it in this fashion, this little two pound camera. And the the Zoom H1, which, you know, is is lightless, is nothing. So, um, you know, it's, it's very tough. You need a full crew for it. And I learned that the hard way today when I realized, oh, sunset's not going to be 7 p.m. Sunset's going to be 5.30. And Kenny's showing up at 4.45. Ah, fuck. It was just the two of you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. How are you doing audio? I'm doing audio, too. I'm going, okay, Kenny, you're looking over just... here. <laughs> and I have the, the boom mic ha- comes with a gun that mm. you can latch onto it. I got a really good deal on eBay. I buy all my equipment on eBay because it makes the most sense because most of film equipment in general is pretty durable and will last a long time and only malfunctions with the the camera we've been using on Omega Fish Corp, the Black Magic Ursa. The thing that is known to malfunction with those the most is the monitor that's built mm-hmm. into it. And that is a problem with mine, but I can get around it pretty easily. It's fine. You know, it's not that bad. I've learned how to use it. Yeah. For the most part, you know, it's, uh, oh, to what I was saying before, though, with the audio, I got a Rode NTG3 and like a windscreen, which typically goes for like $300. It's very expensive stuff as far as film equipment goes and uh, like a whole setup for it from a guy who just had no use for it anymore on eBay. And I paid like 300 bucks for it all. Just taking advantage of failed filmmakers on eBay? Yeah, more or less. That's how I got my editing computer. So he upgraded his shit. He moved out of Hollywood and uh, he didn't need his computer anymore. So now I have a souped up iMac for video editing. Nice. So you're not, you're not uh, trying to make that all. How old was that MacBook that you had when we were shooting? This MacBook right oh, here that we're using for working? B-Bang. Is that 2013? Is, is 2014. Actually, I'll tell you what, the one that we did have during round one of Mass State Lottery was 2013. That's my laptop, the one that's currently dead, because I can't find a fucking MagSafe 2 here, and I don't want to pay $50 to have it sent to me from the States. 
Uh, it's a 2013 and it's still durable. I want to get a new... I would say I want to get a new MacBook, but I feel like they haven't really improved enough to pay what the new ones cost. Uh, uh, you know, for me to justify what three thousand dollars or twenty five hundred. Well, what are you uh, when... what are you looking to use it for anyway? But I would agree with that notion. I'll I'll tell you what though, when I'm, when I upgraded from the twenty thirteen to the twenty fourteen MacBook, it did make a difference. It absolutely did. But I've used the twenty eighteen twenty twenty MacBooks. And there's not, for, for right. what I do anyway, for the video editing or any sort of creative stuff, don't do it because you're just going to lose USB ports and it might be yeah. lighter, might be, but I mean, it's not, you're not getting anything in return for upgrading. Well, that's the thing. I, it's not like I travel anywhere, right? It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm on the run all the time. So I would like to use it for things like that, editing photos, editing video. And I know that I don't need anything else like i don't even know what they've upgraded what they have like a, a touch screen on the keyboard now or some shit like yeah. that is completely pointless and why 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 am i gonna pay uh, an extra thousand dollars for that when i'm not even gonna use it i'm an old person don't even know what the functionality of that would be mm -hmm. um but i was looking into uh i think macbook air 2020 i think it was that that's pretty good for editing according to the internet uh and those go for like 900 bucks so I would much prefer to pay 900 bucks than, you know, 2,500 for stuff that I'm not even going to be using at all, you know? Right. Well, you know, I am of the mind these days that you just should never edit video on a laptop. I've yeah. gotten kind of spoiled. I mean, obviously, if you're traveling or something or if, you know, it's just not possible for you to get an iMac or a desktop setup, then get get the best version of that in laptop form because clearly all the comfort systems came out on a 2013 MacBook. I edited maybe like a 10th of Mass State Lottery using a 2013 MacBook. Now the biggest flaw with that, aside from all the lagging, all the pinwheeling is the screen isn't accurate. Yeah. You put it up on the TV and it's like, oh, this is a totally different fucking thing <laughs> than what I was looking at for a month and editing. That was a big surprise for me when I watched comfort systems on my 4k television. I was like, this looks like fucking dog shit. So I like tried to spending you end up spending like 700 more on a decent monitor, mm -hmm. along with the laptop. Yeah. If you really want to be serious about the editing, then then yeah, I mean, even the a lot of the good laptops and computers are not going to be color accurate. So you'll pull it up on your television or you'll pull it up on some sort of device where you would watch that film and it's going to be something different. It's going to look like something marginally different. Like I said before, with comfort systems, I spent so much time yeah. working on the colors and trying to make sure everything looked good. And then I pulled up episode four or five on my brand new 4K television. And it was a big negative surprise of like, wow, the colors here are not even close to what I thought they were. And this looks way more washed out. Why does this look like this? This should not look like this. Right. So, you know, you need to test it out on multiple devices, ideally. But uh, I don't or know, what are you get... editing? Are you bringing back Hans vlogs? Hans <laughs> vlogs too? Well, no, honestly, I'm just sick of my nine to five. Like I'm so sick of having to work on something that I despise. Um, and I was thinking of of just trying to do 
edit and like video editing uh, somehow, even if it's just like online stuff or or try to build a portfolio where, where I could get a, a job on that just because I'm so sick of it's not it's not so much that like it's a difficult job or it's something that, uh, you know, I can't do. I just so I work for an industry that I completely despise, which is the the healthcare industry. I hate it. And I hate working for something where they try to keep you motivated by lying to you and telling you that, you know, what you do matters. But then it's like you're hiring a bunch of retards that I work with. So if that actually mattered, you wouldn't be hiring the type of retards that you hired. Uh, and then they've been firing all of the American workers because they make too much money and just hiring people from third world countries, which tells you that they don't actually care about people that have been doing it for years and know what they're doing because it's a a job where you're just replaceable. You're just a number, right? Mm -hmm. And I find it so unfulfilling that uh, I'm, I'm just so sick of it. Uh, when I'm done, and, and the thing is that um, it kills my creativity. Like it kills my energy to do anything creative. So the other uh, the other weekend I was writing a script for the first time in like a fucking year uh, and I got to like 20 pages and I was like yeah tomorrow after work I'll get back to it and it's been like two three weeks and I haven't touched it and it's mostly because by the end of the day when I've been sitting in front of a laptop for eight hours the last thing I want to do is sit in front of another computer to do anything else I just want to like relax and like try to not let me let it depress me and make me want to kill myself i so, mean for the wages that you've said that you make on this job and other jobs for yeah. for costa rica you would be much better off freelancing and doing people's social media videos because you would be paid more yeah. than whatever your hourly rate is well i make like 10 bucks an hour that's the thing and and i'm spending yeah like and and i'm not complaining about the pay because honestly even though the dollar has devalued a lot and I was making I was making like three hundred, four hundred dollars more last year than I'm I'm making now just because of the the valuing of the dollar. Um so I'm not complaining about the pay. The issue that I have with working this nine to five is that I just don't have any energy or any any want to do anything creative by the end of it. So then like I've been with this company for over a year now, and I was thinking about this the other day because when you work eight hours every day doing the same thing over and over again, you don't realize how much time has gone by. And mm -hmm. when was the last time when I was sitting down and writing that thing, I was like, fuck, it's been like a year since I've written anything or done anything creative. And it's not so much that I don't want to do anything because I do have those ideas and I do want to create things that I can eventually shoot or even with you guys. But it's just it's such a drain and like energy wise creative uh, creativity wise so i feel like it's just kind of like a hamster wheel because i am living paycheck to paycheck with this comfortably not complaining like i'm not starving or anything i'm living comfortably paycheck to, to paycheck but the thing is that uh if i let's say quit my job tomorrow and then i have to get another job on the same call center thing which is the only thing you can get here in costa rica unfortunately is just going to be the same thing. Mm -hmm. So then that just, that just time just goes by. And again, a year and I haven't written or done anything creative in that year other than recording podcasts with you, or, you know, we haven't even done any videos or anything like that where I've done from here. So it, it, it just feels like 
like it's not worth the time that I'm putting into it for the amount of money that I'm making. Uh, my girlfriend is uh, has a, an American passport. Uh, she's like an American citizen. So what I've been started to tell her is like, get a job with an American company so you get paid American wages. Because if we can get paid American wages, we'll be a lot more comfortable that we are now. Uh, and and she started applying to places. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that would work out and that, that would help a little bit. But that's the thing that um, it's not so much that I'm complaining about the money that I'm making or like, I'm, you know, not not uh, eating or 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 not living quote unquote comfortably. It's just the it's just draining, you mm -hmm. know, dealing with fucking people yelling at you on the phone. And you're just like, none of this is my fault because I'm not responsible for the processes and all this shit that honestly nobody gives a fuck about. And like my entire job is just to be the face that's there being like, I'm sorry. You're there to take it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's fucking sucks. And I hate talking on the phone. That's like my least favorite. I don't even talk to my parents on the phone. Even when I was living in England and they were here, like I would never fucking call them. I would Skype them. So, and once every two weeks. So uh, it's just, yeah, I, I, I want to get a better computer so that I can hopefully get some type of, uh, uh, even if it's just freelance work. And I don't think making more than $1,500 a month would be that far-fetched if I can, again, work on my skills, which I've lost because I haven't done anything creative related in, uh, creativity related in a year. Uh, but just, it just, it just sucks. And, and it also affects like, uh, like I have to, sometimes I, before I record with you, I have to like, okay, so... I can't let it show that I'm exhausted, but all I want to do is just like scratch my balls and lay in bed <laughs> because I also don't want it to affect like, even though, you know, I'm not making millions in this podcast or whatever, but it's like one of the few things during the week that I enjoy doing, just talking shit about movies and hanging out with, with you and anyone else that we have here. Uh, but that's the thing. Like sometimes I'm I'm talking to my girl and I'm like, fuck, like I have to find the energy somewhere mm -hmm. because I'm so drained from dealing with fucking this Americans that yelled at me for eight hours today, you know? So it's just, uh, it's well, just, I think, uh, I think the real solution that you're going to need to come up with is not in finding a better paying job or even picking up a new gig. That's going to be a little more rewarding. I think that could be a first step, but honestly, if I was in your position, you know, I was actually, if I had to really think about it, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like this might be true. I was probably the most creative I ever was when I did have a standard day job because, but at the same time, my day job was working in an office and I could easily sneak writing or toying with things or promoting social media or whatever it might've been instead of doing my, my regular gig. Now, what I think you should do here, because I don't think there's going to be an easy solution. I see a lot of that exhaustion probably carrying over and turning into something different with a new responsibility in front of you, especially if you're doing video editing, where I'll tell you what, when I, because that, that's a lot of what I do for a living is commercial directing and video editing. I am able to shut myself off in a certain way where I can understand that this is what I do. This is what I love to do, but this is not where I need to funnel my passions into or my interests into. This is a job and I'm good at this job, but I can't really treat it in a way where I have a more emphasized investment because if I do and I want to do something creative with it, they're going to go, no, no, that doesn't really fit with the brand. 
yeah. the brand. I've run into that problem. That was, I, you know, striking out numerous times early on. It's like, well, what if I just like add a little nose grease to the lens here? And they're like, no, we just want to promote this dress. We just, just want to do want that. To we just want a nice clear shot of the dress and we want it to look like a TikTok video. So you're going to run into hurdles no matter what. I think what you really need to do is find passive forms of income. Yeah. And once but I think I think yeah. the difference with that, though, is that at least you're using an editing program. So you are getting better at it. Not I necessarily. No, 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 no. I mean, no. As, as a matter of fact, there was such a stretch where I was working only on corporate jobs that you have to, like, relearn some of your own creative strengths and, and your pathologies for for thinking of new ways to edit and get around certain problems. So I don't think that's necessarily true. Mm. You can, um, you know, you'll always have like your your creative reflexes, but you can dull them down for certain. And it sounds like you might be running into that problem um, in terms of your output with the the writing, at least. I don't think that there's a like clear one to one solution in terms of um, or rather, I don't think there's necessarily an overlap that if you're editing fashion videos for three years in a row and you're not doing anything creative on the side, that's going to improve. It might inform certain aspects of your editing. You might pick up and learn certain things, but it's not going to help your style. You know, it's not going right. to help you navigate problems necessarily in the same way because it's so different. It's like novel writing versus writing an article in a newspaper. Yeah, you just don't do. You don't grow in your creativity. You just know how to do those very specific things. I, they I, ask I you think, to do. yeah. I think there's a lot of that, but it's also incumbent upon the person to find ways to grow, even if they are in a more narrow avenue. So I think there's ways to do that, but really passive income allowed me to do so much that I would not be able to do otherwise. And it's hard to like take that first step and get in there and figure that out and then figure out what's going to be rewarding in the long term because it's not an immediately satisfying thing. There's no immediate payoff where it's just like, if I just do this, then I get this, you know? There's this thing that happened to me last December. So uh, I'm sure you guys do that with the Powerball or whatever. So last Mm -hmm. December, my girlfriend had a dream and she was like, she dreamt that number 19 was going to come out in the lottery and the lottery would have been so much money for us, right? And at this time, we were not living together. And so I was traveling like an hour and a half to go to her house. And she told me about this dream and she was like, number 19, we have to buy lottery for the big one, number 19. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, But uh, I was taking the bus and I was going to her house. We completely forgot about buying the thing or whatever. And then the number came out and it was number 19, first price. So I would have been so comfortable. (laughs) I would have made so much money if we actually ended up buying that. So that's, that's, that's one thing that I'm like, uh, I'm trying, I try to not let it bother me, but at the same time, he's like, I, I wouldn't have to get oh, the job. if I. That's horrible. That that's, that's terrible. That makes me feel a little bit better about my situation right now, which is that I sold my crypto right before the pump, yeah. right before I thought, oh, it's up an extra dollar. Now's my time. And then it went up an extra $5 and God damn, would that have made a significant difference in, but- in my generated income there. So now I'm just like, fuck, it needs to go back down. It needs to crash. It needs to crash right now or else I'm trapped. I'm trapped forever. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, w- I would have had uh, $150,000, uh, which for here, that's like, I could just- Well, you're good for 10 years off, off on that. For the, 
my dad lived off like a hundred thousand for like 20 years so and comfortably like mm -hmm. taking trips and shit and like he built his two-story house and everything so the, yeah that's one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of like if you ever have another fucking dream like that we'll go right away <laughs> and buy as many of those as we can because that's the thing um it's not so much that i couldn't get another job and i'm i've been looking for other jobs but the problem is that um every company that looks for employees from here they're trying to pay you as little as they can so even if i was able to get a job on on somewhere different the pay is not going to be that much it might even be less than what i make right now and that's the biggest problem and and it's just because i'm not an american citizen because there's a lot of uh jobs that my girlfriend has been looking through and she's like oh you would be good for this and i'm like yeah but i'm not american uh and on until we get married and then after getting married i think you have to wait like five years and you have to prove to the american government that you were not just doing that for like what i want to do which is take advantage of of the citizenship uh well would uh, it even work for you because she's not living in america is that only is it like you have citizenship you're good no matter what no matter where you're living or do you have to be living in america at the time i'm not sure that's i, I mean i'm not gonna there's some tax stuff there that i'm not, not gonna reveal but i don't know i think uh I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into it. Uh, we're looking to get married next year. So that's a process that might start then. And then maybe, you know, I, I would like to move to the States if I had that, because then, you know, I don't have to live like a fucking illegal up there and, and get mm -hmm. a job at a burger place and get paid under a table, which would fucking suck. But uh, uh, that's the biggest problem that I have right now, because I could be making three times what I make doing the same amount of work uh, if I just wasn't. Let if you right. just relocated yeah that's that's the craziest yeah. thing because it's remote right so uh, a lot of these remote jobs you can i could just do from here i'll mm -hmm. go over there sign the contract okay cool i'm out and then i just come back here where uh the standards of living or the amount of money that you spend to live here is like a third or a fourth of what you would spend over there uh especially like tax wise and and uh you know, if you want to buy a house here, you can get a, a very nice house for like, I don't know, 50,000, 60,000 in a, in a very nice area uh, where you're not going to get, you know, uh, killed by cartels or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's more of a, uh, I just, and it's just a constant fight of, uh, I want to get out of this cycle because I would, I would love to just you know plan a couple of movies a year with the uh, with you guys and then either write them or or even uh, uh try to direct anything uh but i feel like my lack of practice and my lack of like doing anything creative for the longest time uh, because of the nine to five that's just uh you know i just realized today that it's fucking thursday night i thought it was like tuesday and it just comes from doing the same thing over and over again every day you don't realize how quickly time goes by mm -hmm. that uh that i feel like that's what's holding me back and i hate excuse like i have g given excuses but yeah like even with our, our production group or whatever like i haven't been active with anything at all and it's it's that thing of like whenever i want to i i have ideas i have my phone is full of like little notes of like ideas for shorts or ideas for movies or ideas for scenes or funny things that I think of at the time that I think could work on, on different things that we do, but then they're never expanded. So then I just have, I don't know, 200 notes of 
one sentence or or one idea that I never put into anything. And I would love to just have the the mindset of, okay, so now I'm just going to sit down and and put all of those things in a 200-page script and let's fucking do this thing. A 200, damn, what are you, fucking Michael okay. Chavino? Jesus right, Christ, 90. 200 pages. <laughs> okay. okay, 90 pages. But, but, uh, but I just, it's so exhausting uh working for this thing and it's so unrewarding too that it's just it's just live live training and then it's just i i feel like again like a hamster wheel you know you're not getting anywhere you're just surviving you're just living and and there's no end in sight and you're just okay well well fuck uh, i'm gonna make it to the end of the month and i'm gonna have enough money to do this and this and this but it's also not getting me anywhere and i I thankfully don't have to worry about paying rent or anything like that. I do pay bills and I pay my parents' bills, so that's kind of rent, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, but it's also yeah. I just it's exhausting. And whenever uh, you tell me that, hey, uh, let's plan something so we can, you know, fly you up here and we can shoot something, it feels like a, like a comp completely just refreshing. Just like this is what I want to be doing. Like this yeah. is what I enjoy doing. And those that week or those ten days that I that I spend doing that, it, it it's just like this is what I want to spend my you know my time doing because it doesn't feel like work. Even if we're you know shooting at fucking three in the morning and it's freezing and and I'm not wearing a shirt, you know, uh, <laughs> or I have to smoke a cigarette in twenty seconds and and then I spend three hours recovering. Like I would prefer that than what I'm doing right now, which is actually feeding me and, and clothing me and like putting a roof over my head you know so it's just well I'll, I'll, I'll stop complaining but but you know it's just it's just very uh like i it, it just has me very like just exhausted and just like fucking uh. i mean i think the big thing here is that there are no linear steps forward to get into that and i think something like that right now the possibility of that is not zero percent or even like below i would say 50 percent. it's kind of there's a lot of things that are up in the air right now in terms of productions and doing things that are i think they're ultimately going to be dependent on what happens with omega fish corp mm -hmm. what happens with omega fish corp is going to decide i think the longevity of potential contracts and negotiations and partnerships with corporate entities that have some sort of sway and will have the capital to produce different projects. Of course, there's going to be out of pocket shit in the meantime. Yeah. That's really just like, I tell myself, I'm going to be able to sell this thing and get all the money back. But in reality, there's no way to know that Kenny's dating show, for example, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if there was, I mean, look, there's an audience for everything. And I think there's especially an audience for like lowest oh, yeah. common denominator shit, oh, dating shit. It would be, it would not be lost on me. The irony, if that was the thing that sold when everything else was like being lowballed, Right. So I think it's just a matter of like BT plus or whatever their, their service. You know is. how great that would pay if it was <laughs> BET plus that would be the most remarkable deal. I'm legit eyeing Ray J's, uh, streaming service for that. Yeah. I think there's a real possibility there, considering they took a guy who was on I Love New York 10 years ago and said, you know what? Give him his own dating show again. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? So uh, I think I think that's going to be a big market to absorb. I mean, the real answer here is I offered passive income, but honestly, the real thing is 
just figuring out being creative with opportunities that you have to build for yourself because i certainly have days where i wake up and i'm like fuck nothing is going anywhere i feel trapped right now i'm losing money my money situation is going to be even worse in a couple of weeks when i have to pay off xyz things and then i'm not gonna be able to do anything i can't do this but if you just wait around and make proactive moves and force yourself to do certain things then opportunities will blip up without you even trying like i'll give you an example today i was like okay and i was again this comes back i was scolding myself for selling my crypto right before the (laughs) pump i i I, like my financial situation right now is uh it's not the worst it's not the best but i'm really looking forward and i'm like oh fuck this is gonna this is gonna cause trouble with xyz projects and i might have to push that out now or i might have to do this or i might have to say all right sorry i I can't continue hiring you for particular jobs that i have people hired for Mm -hmm. and literally i check my my email and it's like there's a guy who i worked with months ago on a job for a documentary on the drug trank who is now offering me like three new jobs i was like yep Okay, let's do it. Great. Okay, I get paid today. Wonderful. All right. You can't meet my my number here. What's your number? Oh, much lower. All right, we'll do it. Let's do that. That's okay. (laughs) It's literally that situation. But now all of a sudden overnight, it's like, okay, literally, if you put in the work, if you just barrel through and you do it, you force yourself to do it. And people see it, or even if they don't see it, and it just stacks up. It creates things for you. It does things for you. That's the idea with passive income too is you're not thinking about it you're not doing anything with it you just throw a little coin here and there it stacks up over time and then one day you go and you check it and it's either a hundred thousand dollars or it's zero dollars you know you don't know maybe it's nothing maybe it's somewhere a little marginally higher maybe it's i treat certain things like savings accounts basically but there's no real open solution or clear one two three method of fixing things you just kind of have to play it clever and hope that these little nest eggs pay off there's also so much saturation of shit now too right where um the stuff that you do has to be special for anyone to even notice uh or for anyone to offer you any amount of uh decent money i guess um where you can just live off the rest of the year off that not necessarily i i don't know if that's necessarily true that you have to have some kind of component present that is not there with other things. I think it helps. I think it definitely helps draw eyes. But I mean, the oversaturation to begin with is because there's a lot of sameness. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like there's a hundred thousand different unique things that are on the market and it's very hard to break in. It's a lot of the same. And it's usually low grade shit. Man. It just comes through again stacking things up because if you build a tall enough tower and then oh all of a sudden you know your your hundredth TikTok is what yeah what does it then well, everyone goes back and it makes these that's the planet. thing we need we need to get a contact on netflix because uh everything that they produce is such bullshit that it's like you don't even have to try that hard to put up you know uh my state loader will kill it on netflix it's so much better than 90% of the original Netflix movies they put out, mm. but uh, it's just getting that contact, right? Getting that person that will get you through that door and get that 
amount of money, I guess. Well, it's a matter of climbing the ladder. And I think getting that deal with Subgenius was very necessary for me personally, after spending so much time where we did comfort systems and it was not intended or like at any point, I don't think anyone had it in their heads that comfort systems was going to be something that was going to be profitable and we'd be able no. to sell to NBC or something. We were just doing it to do it because there was so little good comedy that was out. Well, we didn't even have a podcast then, right? When we started doing that. Oh, well, we no, no, no. Um, we, we, you we did. Doing, it was yeah. just you. You we were not co-host yeah. at that point. No. We had done, we had done a couple of different pot. We did the polit politics podcast for a period yep. of time that crashed and burnt. And then it was a matter of, <laughs> all right, well, w there's not going to be anything like that. It's current events. It's just going to be purely comedy. The YouTube channel was created in 2017. So I had a place to put out comedy sketches. And the first thing that came out was uncle rich. That was the yeah. first thing. And then I was watching a lot of YouTube because as soon as you're integrated into that and you're trying to learn what your environment is, you start to emulate what other successful people are doing. And obviously being such big fans of film, um, it was natural for me to want to get into like the documentary stuff. That was the next step. And that's really what started to pop off for yeah. a minute there. And in retrospect, it's like, that's not even a lot of views. You know, the the it documentaries that I, I throw the little mini documentaries where I would read a script and then put together a six to 10 minute video. The top video in that series, I think it was like 40,000 views. That's nothing. That's nothing. And a lot of people in the press cribbed my video because, and I know that for a fact, because those scripts were not easily available anywhere. And I had to have somebody who worked at Warner Brothers send me one of Carrie Fukunaga's scripts. So- yeah. There's no way that they had the information on their own. They had to have watched my video, borrowed that. Now I'll go back and I'll listen to like podcasts from 2017 to 2019 where they're talking about it. And they're like, well, you know, Carrie Fukunaga had this plan in play. And it's like, it's literally what I was reporting in the video <laughs> and I get no credit for it, which, which is fine. A lot of people do that. It's kind of like, it's just how things are. But well, the, um, Mark, the Mark Maron episode. And uh, that somehow one, the somehow the uh, brawling cell block ninety nine has that one is baffling to me. Yes, I, I think people like foreigners clicked on it thinking it was the movie. Is because, that just you, you and Jake, right? Yes, I don't think it's I just a normal this. podcast. There's no video or anything, and I still make like a good thirty bucks a month off of that video. Was I even on that one? I think I, I hated that movie. I didn't really like it. Yeah, I think no, it was just no. you and Jake, right? You were not host yet. You were not yeah. on movies. So there's 177,000 was... yep. K. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's... Remarkable. And you've, if you read the comments, there's like only eight comments, first of all. And one of them is like, <laughs> this is a scam. This is a lie. And it's like, what are you talking about, dude? It said fucking podcast in the title, you know? But they, they keep I, I get the. I get the Mark Maron one because he was huge for like a year or two, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Mark Maron was huge for like 10 years. Mark Maron was the podcast guy in 2009, 10, 11, 12, up until Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan didn't really become the guy until 2015 or so, 2016, maybe. You know, so it was like, well, what about Mark Maron? No, nobody's saying about Mark Maron. He had the bullhorn. He was the podcaster. He got Obama on his podcast. Right. And that was a huge moment. And then that was it. 
he reached the top. What? I mean, he's still doing it. Let me take a look right now and see who his most recent guest is. I can't imagine what those episodes sound like. This Pete Holmes or something like that. Uh, yeah. uh, 122,000 views. I think uh, you should just do more Stanley Kubrick themed. That's honestly, that's a good, you should do that. Actually, you should do that, Hans, because that is a guaranteed hundred bucks a month. Is Stanley Coop. So he had on just 18 hours ago, Jeanette McCurdy, who was the Nickelodeon girl who got molested. Oh, right. Or she wrote a book about her being molested. Her mom her being a sicko. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger well, did it October 12th. Well, that's what you want uh, Mark Marin commenting on, right? Uh, a teenager getting molested and yeah. they're getting pregnant by uh, what's his name with the with the feet? What's his Dan name? Schneider. Dan Schneider. Dan Yeah, that's what you want. Uh, a confused sixty-year-old Matt Marin being like, uh, "So, uh, can I see your feet?" <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what that even show would be like. Yeah. Adam Conover did it August tenth. Alex Winter. He's getting really good stars, but I mean, Chevy Chase, LeVar Burton, like there's so many A-listers in here who are still going on the show, but the interviews don't mean anything. The interviews, Adam, they, wait, they used on, to mean did something. You, did you say Adam Conover is a good? He's an A-lister. He's, ah, oh God. No, um, That's no, so upsetting. Not. But that he's relevant. so hard because his show is terrible and he's so... Uh, horrendous on twitter and he was one of those people that were doing the uh protest right the, well he was the one leading it he was the the representative for the writers guild fucking sucks william shatner smoky robinson he's alive smoky <laughs> robinson paul schrader on may 50 i might have to listen to that yeah ice cube was the week before he gets all these stars it's remarkable but the interviews leave no footprint at all they used to. I remember Kevin Smith, I think, going on WTF and talking about Bruce Willis bullying him is what created that whole stir and the whole too fat to fly thing. That was cry? the result of that. Was he like whippy eyed? Was he like sad? No, he was kind of bitchy about it. Honestly, okay. he was telling tales out of school. He was being like, yeah, Bruce didn't respect me because I didn't know the name of his lens. I was like, well, kind of. How does he know the name you of it? Sure you don't. Know. You're the director. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, fucking Kevin Smith. Uh, has there been a a, a more, I guess, pronounced fall from grace than Kevin Smith? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That ain't the worst. I mean, there's there's tons who, Bill Burr. I, oh, fuck, man. Ah. You watch that? No, I got invited to the premiere of that. And I just remembered I got invited to the premiere not yeah. a premiere, but a private screening of The Killer for tonight. Fuck, man. I wanted to go see that. Damn it. I thought that would have been so good for, for movies. Uh, What's because The Killer? The Killer's David Fincher's new movie. I got oh. an invite to that because they're doing a screen, a private screening of it in Massachusetts for whatever reason. And I got invited to that because I got invited to the old dad's Bill Burr movie premiere. So somebody at Netflix has my contact and God fucking damn it, man. That would have been so good for the podcast because nobody's seen it. Nobody's nobody's reviewed that. If I could have dropped that before anyone else, boom, skyrocket. That would have been good. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm very hot and cold with David Fincher, but 
and the, the poster looks a little weird. There's a little weird choice for the poster, but I'm I'm interested in seeing what this one's about. And also, Michael Fassbender hasn't really been acting. Yeah. Really. So have you seen old dads yet? No. Yeah. I saw I a clip on YouTube where, not on not on YouTube on X where Bill Burr was like, "Yeah, the word cunt is like the word n word, <laughs> except." You know the 400 years of slavery thing and uh systemic oppression but yeah otherwise say just like bill come yeah. on i know yeah. you have a black wife and you have a half black yeah. daughter but you're the whitest man in the world can, can we you? not do this <laughs> yeah. do you have to uh, be the one to make this point in your movie so i no i haven't seen that and i would have i honestly i would have went to that premiere if i was in massachusetts at the time Damn it! God damn it, man! I really. Well, you are in Massachusetts. When was that? Well, that's the, the old dad's premiere was about ten days ago. Well, no, the other one. Tonight. So you just forgot. Yes, I was shooting with Kenny for Omega Fish Corp, and we could have went to go see it. And honestly, it's pretty good <laughs> yeah. that I invited him. I said, "Hey, you want to go see this movie?" Because they gave me two tickets, and um, it's honestly fine that he didn't go because he showed up at my place without shoes on is he okay he's he seems as good as ever honestly he seems healthy uh he looks good physically he's he's in as good a shape as he's ever been are his feet okay <laughs> yes. he said they're very calloused that's what he has said huh. now yeah, i so said he doesn't need shoes yeah he's he, just he did have right? uh he did have boots in the back seat and i was like dude we're going out for a walk around the block are you sure you don't want to put those on it's like nah you know it's a hospital it's a nice area you know there ain't gonna be needles on the ground remember when uh when we went up there to quincy and he got in his car and then there was just a lot of shit in his <laughs> well let me tell you something there's gonna be a car in omega fish corp and that car is gonna have hot sauce on the floor okay nice so, yeah, so it's just like okay i guess no one cleans this car do you live here that's cool he does you can live there was right. he was eating pepperonis there was a plastic package of pepperonis he was just eating he had hot sauce he had a powerade he had a coca-cola he had some chicken bones he had <laughs> mexican food he nice. had he had a whole living, fridge full of food in his vehicle it's living better than me I, I, <laughs> I'm with that. have you Good thought about him. moving into kenny's car <laughs> yeah i just uh add that to whenever uh i cross the american border and they ask me for an address i'll just be like whenever kenny's car is that's where i'm going that's where i'm staying because they ask you that when you cross the border they're like where are you where are you stayed in the in the united states i'll just be like kenny's car here's the here's the uh the plate it says i don't know weed and bitches what is his car plate says i don't know his car plate does it? he's got a new car first of all okay okay so that's a big thing he's got a company car now well his car was not his car right when we went in quincy that was his i think it was his aunt's car well it was his car she gifted it to him and okay. well, oh, actually, no, 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 hold on a second. The car we used for Mass State Lottery was not his car. You're right about that. That was his aunt's yeah. car. He was borrowing yeah. his aunt's car, and mm -hmm. that was not much better. Let me just say that. Okay. Then Kenny's real car can be found in Mario Cuomo's Middle American music video, 
it looks like it's been through seven accidents and uh, the 1990s. So this car is a company car. It's a big truck. And he certainly made himself at home in the company car. I is will a say toilet that. in the company car? A toilet? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, my my girlfriend makes fun of me uh, for this all the time whenever I think, uh, think of like uh, going on vacation or anything because the toilet is like the, one of the most important things for me. In what That's... way? Just, Isn't the toilet just kind of standard almost no, anywhere you go? I mean, obviously, if no. you're on like a Greyhound bus, that toilet's going to be pretty bad. No, every time she's like, oh, why don't we go camping? I'm like, the toilet. You can go camping. <laughs> you you can go. I'm. There's just going to be a hole next to a tree. Uh, I don't know if I'm okay with that. You know, I need a, you know what he said? I need a cushion seat. I'm going to be shitting there for a couple hours. I need, a, I need some you know, comfort mm-hmm. for my hemorrhoids. So, uh, so that's, that's always something that I, that I think about before we, we go anywhere. Uh, when we, when we recorded the toilet has been, uh, pretty good. <laughs> Whenever I've been to Boston with you guys, like that toilet has been, yeah, this works, this works for my ass. So these works for me. Well, and I spend an one bathroom, of time there. one bathroom was a little too close to everything. Right. But then the second yeah. bathroom, somebody, Broke the toilet seat and nobody was wanted me. to fess up that to who me. it was. No. It wasn't me. So that means it was either me. Jake or Jerry. Yeah. Both of them. That's not me. I feel like I Jerry would have admitted. Not to say yeah. Jake would not admit, <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know. For some reason, I buy that Jerry would have fessed up to it before Jake somehow. I think I think I have too much appreciation for toilets to break a toilet seat. So that that was definitely not me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jake, uh, it must have been step, step Jake's up. big ass. <laughs> Everybody knows Jake's big ass breaks toilet seats left and right. Yeah, I am. I'm. Yeah, I'm very thankful for for toilets when I when I stay anywhere. So that that was not me. Uh, but that's like a big point of contention with my girl because she's she's a very outdoorsy person. And I am not at all. Uh, and whenever she's like, we should just go camping. Let's just buy this uh, this tent and we'll go camp. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I get up at six in the morning to shit every day. So it's just like, where am I going to shit? It's just going to be a hole where my my calves that are not strong enough are supposed to just hold me in place while I uh, shit out uh, the, the worst uh non-solid <laughs> shits that you can think of uh i don't know don't know about that we need a we need a toilet uh so that's that's one of the things that keeps us from from just going in and, and visiting the costa rican wilderness uh because I, I i do need a you know a toilet that i can shit on in the morning what do you think about bidets have you ever stayed anywhere with a bidet when i went to japan uh back in 20 uh you want to say 2016 17 uh that was a game changer for me at the time because i was just like right this is a oh warm seat that's that's odd yeah it's very comfortable and i was staying in a hotel and and the seat gets warm and then you just feel a very strong but gentle a stream of water <laughs> it's like someone spitting water from a water bottle out onto your asshole yeah and i was like oh that's um i can i can live with this uh that's one of the reasons why i moved to japan because my asshole will be clean all the time um 
I I feel like I haven't experienced uh, happiness <laughs> the same way <laughs> since I came back from Japan. Uh, so yeah, Japanese Japanese toilets. That was a real favorite. surprise for me too. When I got to the Japanese hotel and I was like, oh, there's two buttons here. What's this button? Yeah. And then, hey, like, oh. ooh, yeah. All right. Oh, hold it's on. A Wait a second. Inside yes. my body now. Yeah. You're just like, oh, well, uh, um, I don't know how I. Yeah. You got it. Okay. And my, right. what, my expectations were skewed so heavily to what I experienced in Korea, which was we stayed at what was clearly now a very dingy, cheap Airbnb, not just because there were piss, shit, and blood stains on the bed sheets, mm. but the bathroom was literally like a washroom at a truck stop where it's like, here's the shower, is the four walls around you, and there's the toilet right there, and you got to just, here's a nozzle, and you're going to shower right here into the ground. Yeah, that's it. Was it one room? Uh, yep. Because that's one of the things when I when I first went to Japan, uh, my friend got me two nights at this couple's house. They were renting an apartment, and then you walk into the toilet, and the toilet is just a shower. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to just shower there. It's like the same room. Yep. Uh, which was, I mean, I guess it was fine. The the like the floor is just a shower. The whole like you're shitting, and then you get up and there's a shower uh it was odd, a little bit odd but um i could get used to it they also didn't have any mattresses it just had like a very thin uh what do you call them like um uh, what it's, it's not a it's like foam and they would they would all sleep in the living room with like a tempur-pedic mold yeah, to they, your body thing oh. they would just fold them and then put them aside. And then when it's time to sleep, you're supposed to take it out and just lay on them and you just sleep on the living room. And, and I was like, okay, that's, I, I mean, I can deal with that. Sleeping is not a problem. My problem is the shitting in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. So uh, the, the, yeah, the whole showering on the same room where you shit, fine, because I'm used to that with, you know, regular, regular people bathrooms, but I wasn't used to, Oh shit! This whole room is just like a pool. Right. It's just like a drain, right? That can't be good for mildew and mold on the sink and the toilet and the walls and the floor. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I was just thinking about it. I probably shouldn't even talk about this on the show, but I was just thinking, like, for as you know, that bathroom wasn't even bad. It was just kind of you had to get used to it. You had to wrap yeah. your head around what this situation was. And then I started thinking about bad bathrooms. And then I was thinking about a real bad bathroom in New Hampshire one time when you and I went to New Hampshire with others and I had to take a piss. And God damn, was that bathroom, the Overlook Hotel, really just spooky stuff. It was ghastly, this bathroom that I just had to urinate in, but yeah. I had to lift the seat. And I, what am I going to do? Am I going to use my fingers? I can wash off my fingers, but what if I want to use, what if I don't even want to do that? Well, am I going to use the sleeve of my coat? But then I got to carry that with me the entire ride back. What am I going to do here? The toilet paper, before, the toilet paper is a mess too. It was also before COVID times, right? So you don't carry a little bottle of alcohol like everyone does now, where it's just like, I'll just spray alcohol everywhere. Sure. I mean, I didn't right. even do that during COVID time. It I was actually, it was like, I right. Do that. We, obviously it was right during COVID times and we were totally clueless to that. Yeah. So 
But yeah, no, that was uh, going to a certain bathroom in New Hampshire was really uh, not just like jarring, but it was like a scary horror movie. Was you know? that on a public service access studio? <laughs> Is that no? No, that was because the day I think before. you went. We went to the bathroom there, right? That was not we New Hampshire. Say, we only left the sure. state once. Right. Oh. I yeah. Guess. Now you you should know who I'm talking about. Who? What? What rest stop? We had yeah. to go to for shooting. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, let me tell you yeah. when I went to Japan. Um, I went to. Kyoto so it was a lot of temples right and um, I remember having to shit really bad going up a temple but then you realize that in Japan the stalls don't have doors and then it's also not a toilet it's just a hole like a long hole on the ground well I didn't go to Kyoto so this was not my experience at all I didn't know that was the case there so, so you know that influencer picture where they where there's a lot of like red sticks right and it's just like a like a i don't know how to even explain this but it's just a lot of like like uh sticks that are and you go up and you're like oh this is so beautiful or whatever and i was like cool i have to go to the toilet i have to take a shit um the bathroom was stalls but none of them had doors and it was just a hole on the ground and at the time let's just say i was 60 pounds heavier than i am now generous 60 maybe 70 maybe 80 maybe 100 uh i still don't think i could take a shit and just like uh uh what's the position when you're how do you say it in english when squatting right i can't squat and i thought you were gonna say downward dog no <laughs> i can't i can't squat for longer than two minutes and uh japanese people because they're all skinny unless you're a fucking sumo wrestler, uh, they just have a hole, like a long hole on the ground. And I was supposed to squat over that and release my not solid shit. So I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to try to piss here and I'll just hold my shit for the hotel where I have a, a, a warm seat uh, that's going to um, uh, uh, wash my asshole of this horrendous, ho horrible shit that I've been eating. But uh, going up that temple and then just having to piss and try not to shit myself on those things, it's like, okay, um, I understand that you guys can do this. I understand that you guys can squat over this long hole that you have to for shitting. But that's not very, and, and I want to call myself an American because I, I, I think I shit like an American. Uh, I, I you know, it's it's rarely solid. It's it's rarely like a a pleasant uh, shit. So uh, that that was one of those things that that I I, um, I struggled with in Japan. Whenever we go to a temple, and it's like everything is very, you know, very traditional, very covered so in just, shit. It's covered in liquid just, shit. This just ancient a, Japanese just a, temple, just a hole in the ground. They don't expect American people to go there, and. Uh, I just held it in for like five hours until I was able to get back to the You're hotel. You just turned purple and sweating the entire trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's not good, uh, but that's that's one of the things that, like, yeah, I'm not. And and now that I'm 37, like, I unfortunately have to think of all those things before I go anywhere. Where it's like, well, what's the toilet situation like? Because uh -huh. I don't want to be having to deal with you know the uncomfortable 
position of like, is it a hole? Is it a, a toilet that I can sit on? Or is it just something that I'm supposed to aim where I'm just going to get my shins all <laughs> covered in shit and my socks are going to end up warm? I mean, uh, brown. Uh, but yeah. Maybe uh, that's why Kenny showed up without shoes on. He just couldn't find yeah. a decent shitting situation and got it all over himself. Hasn't been able to wash his socks off. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> he can't wash his socks off with Coca-Cola, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Man, I want to get the hell out of the United States. I would I would love to go back to Japan at this point, especially with like 2023 eyes as opposed to naive foreigner 2018, yeah. not really knowing anything about how to navigate or get around or what the people would be like or the fact that I would be like the most intimidating man in both of those countries. That's a well, big the, plus. You can grow facial hair, right? That's a yeah, big so That plus. puts me at a big you, advantage. You're also, what, 5'11", 6 feet? So you're taller than most people there. I yeah. was. I, Keep talking I me up. I'm six one, <laughs> six two. <laughs> you're six seven. Yeah. Uh, so everyone just looks up at you and they're like, yeah. That that was the thing with me that I I, I I'm six five, right? So uh, so so they were they were just looking. I remember going to the store and asking in English, and it was just like not helpful at mm -hmm. all. But but at least you have that that little advantage of them. It's like I'm fucking bigger than you. I can beat the fuck out of you. Lady. Yeah, <laughs> it's story. it's it's you know it's it's not something to be dismissed. I will say right. that it does give you social leverage in a way you would not expect. Mm -hmm. Japan, from what I experienced, was not the same as Korea in that it was highs and lows. There were tall people yeah. and then there were really short people, and it was a it was a pretty wide spectrum and little in between. With Korea, everybody was tiny. Everybody was was prey, you know? And I did walk through, like, the Muslim part of Korea, and I was like, where the fuck am I? Did I just wind up in Iraq? You know? Oh. And it was, like, real... It looked like only God forgives, you know? Okay. Even though that's yeah. obviously Thailand, but, like, the way that, you know, you're climbing up a giant, like, stone structure to people's homes that have no doors on them, it's just, like block walls and then there's an entry point and it's like where am i right now oh i'm in the muslim african part of korea how did i get here that's what uh what it looks like where i'm from in mexico it's, it's just a lot of places that kind of look like that just like this, this is a restaurant mm -hmm. it's just a tent with a couple of tables there and there's no wash or anything and hey you want some tacos? You can go sit in our go sit with the three, family. Three chairs. Yeah. Yes. Go walk into that family's home and ask for tacos. They're not in yeah. a position to say no. Yeah, you have the retarded cousin that's been chained into a room that's next to where we where they grew the tacos, and he's just there. Mm -hmm. Hey, pa Panchito doesn't say anything. Don't let him spit on you. Don't go talk to him. But he's just there in that yeah. room being retarded. Yeah. Well, the the spot that was near that that I wound up going to, which seemed to be where most foreigners would visit was called Itiwan, Itiwan. And it was the most Americanized part of Korea where you had like giant shopping malls and there was plenty of text in English. And it was just so tacky and gross. And the people were so low quality there. And like you can see trying. this. Yeah, can th tell th that yeah, exactly. This is where the travelers who are coming in from Western countries and wherever feel comfortable frequenting because they know how to get around. Yeah. You know, you can very easily, and honestly, it's very easy to get around 
period in Korea because usually they have text that's in English below a thing or, you know, it's uh, it's not that difficult. But Itiwan really left a sour taste in my mouth where I was just like, I'm disgusted with these people. I understand why they want to keep foreigners out of their country. Look at this. And then, of course, that branches into their red light district where they will just put up signs that say trans trans i have pictures of this too um probably on this computer let me see if i can throw one up here but uh oh yeah actually here we go uh, i was putting up little adverts for movies a podcast about the act of cinema um let me see well, if i I've, can send this I real guess, quick i guess at least it let you know right that's nice of them just not well yeah they, they need to make some money and i remember there was like the same fat Asian prostitute who's just like hanging out outside of a bar. And then I went and tried to look up some B-roll of um, Korea for something. I think it might've been for my Let's Play series or my very short-lived LP Japan travel series. And it wound up, uh, that same fat Asian prostitute wound up popping up in the B-roll that I found on YouTube. So here you go. We're taking a look at this right now for those on patreon.com slash lowers. Uh, this was oh. right by a prostitution den. And uh, you can see here that they're advertising a bunch of women that are definitely not in that area at all. <laughs> um, and then, hey, what do you have here? Lowers.live movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. Isn't that nice? So, yeah. That's the marketing you want for this show. Yeah. Just, just two men that just seedy foreigners <laughs> See, yes that's exactly the demographic of this and it has evolved into the demographic of it uh here we go i'm going to show another quick photo here of i my... mean honestly i'm fine with it like i support them like go ahead dude hide your balls like i'm not i'm not as long as you don't try to trick me like as long as you're like hey you know like as long as i can tell that's fine not i get I what do you what huh what do you mean I don't know. As long as the guy is upfront about his penis, then it's <laughs> fair game. Start sucking. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's just like don't don't pretend to be a woman. You have a penis. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I can't really comment on this anymore. I've worked with so many fucking trans people on Omega Fish Corp. Well, that's uh, New York for you, right? That's the New York experience. That certainly is. Uh, so yeah, you would find places like this, and it just reminded me of Only God Forgives, the Nicholas Winding yeah. Refn movie, with how overcast with red and purple and seedy people would be around trans yeah people with penises yeah korea i would not mind going back to but um it's not i'm not like hard pressed about it i'd much rather go to japan I would it be a much a much cheaper living though right that's the thing like mm. like rent rent wise and no tax no no, I was expecting that when I first went there that, oh, this is going to be a hell of a lot cheaper. Mm. Rent, maybe. Yeah, you can probably get by, but it's not that going to, it's not going to be significant is really what I'm getting at here. So I want to say, and it also depends on what you want for your apartment and what you want for your amount of rooms and the cleanliness and the type of area. So it, it's going to probably wind up coming out to the same thing, no matter what. It's not going to be a New York price, oh, especially 2023 New York price, but it's not like, whoa, I can move here on a thousand dollars. It's not the Philippines. 
because that's the thing like if i was to get a fifteen hundred dollars a month apartment here it's a fucking mansion mm -hmm. you know like it's just like like i like an apartment like a two-bedroom apartment it's maybe 700 600 uh a month yeah that's insane right that's like <laughs> so classic that's 1970s america prices yeah so that's what i'm thinking but if you're saying there's not that much difference then i would honestly have to ask you know i the one contact i had who lived in korea who was teaching english there and did not know a lick of korean at all they just hired him nice. anyway yeah he, he has since moved i believe so i i don't know but i know he was paying like honestly not a lot but it was a one bedroom for 1200 which is like a reasonable price in america today that you will never find yeah. on the east coast now but you could five ten years ago i had an apartment in quincy massachusetts that was a two-bedroom and i was paying 1700 for it and now that's like unspeakable for well um, nothing of a town is that 